Blazing the steel, bringing the heat, mixing non-stop, it's Jano Radio. No, 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 a poor present for Jano Radio, at this online radio station, them for no. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go.
Good morning to all our listeners around the world. Logged on to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to go ahead and download the Jano Radio app today. That's J-A-H-K-N-O Radio. Available in your Apple Store and Google Play Store. It is Monday, May 9, Moving Monday, and we do it in Soka style Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments. The replay will be available there for your friends and family that are not on Clubhouse and are not able to catch the live stream on QMZ Radio and Jano Radio. Also, you can catch the um, replay on JanoRadio.com. Just click on podcast, scroll down, you will find me there. Thank you to all our listeners who are with me here on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Thank you all. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Recovering, got some rest, whatever it is that you had set out to do over the weekend. I hope you got it accomplished. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. In international news, Russia-Ukraine live updates. West posed unacceptable threat, says Putin. More than 60 fared dead in bombing of Ukrainian school. Palestinian man shot dead for trying to cross West Bank barrier. Bandits kill 48 in Northwest Nigeria attacks, according to local officials. Fiji pauses the U.S. seizure of yacht linked to Russian oligarch. In news out of North America, more than a week after disappearance, Alabama inmate, former corrections officer, leave few clues for investigators. The baby formula supply problem is getting worse. A nine-year-old cancer survivor found dead under a lawn chair. Person of interest has been identified. Audio of seven-year-old Julicia Batier before her death released. This 19-year-old is about to become her university's youngest ever law school graduate. In business and tech news, Nigerian airlines suspend flights over soaring jet fuel prices. In health and sounds news, Mother's Day is not a celebration for everyone. Sports news, Harden, Embiid, uh, Power 76ers pass the heat for a 116 to 108 win. And now they have evened out the series 2-2. An arrest warrant has been issued for former NFL player Earl Thomas. In Caribbean corner, deaths of three Americans at Sandals Resort in the Bahamas are under investigation. Curacao invites vaxxed and unvaxxed TT travelers to come visit. Jamaica stands to benefit from importing skilled labor, says Prime Minister Andrew Holness. NHC monitors first tropical wave of the season off the African coast. In Latin America, Havana Hotel death toll at 31 as dogs search for survivors. In Believe It or Not news, mother hits boyfriend with car after finding him naked in bed with her seven-year-old daughter. Detroit man arrested after allegedly operating a marijuana vending machine outside his home made $2,000 per day. Woman arrested for poking holes in her lover's condoms in attempt to get pregnant. St. Louis Corrections Officer inmate charged after fentanyl overdoses at workouts. 
dog left tied to fire hydrant along with note from owner. In entertainment news, Doctor Strange conjures big box office opening for Marvel. And a driver who fatally struck rapper Nicki Minaj's father pleads guilty, but will serve no more than one year, the judge says. And here's what we need to be looking out for. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, and tune in to Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, inside the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. It's music, news, and naturalist views. And you can also hear DJ Naturalist here on Clubhouse in the QMZ Radio Club. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's real relationship talk. Join Moments, Sonette Rosolo, and Marlon 10 p.m. Eastern tonight on Clubhouse for the conversation. And tune in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. This week, we're talking about Kama Sutra, the art of making love. Hmm. Let's see. Join Rosolo for the Rosolo Show every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and here on Clubhouse in the Rosolo Show Club. Tomorrow... Rosolo speaks with Janice Laws Robinson, candidate for Georgia Insurance and Safety Fire Commissioner. Tune in to Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and Freestyle Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, with Mix Master Kevon on JanoRadio.com. Saturdays and Sundays, DJ Simple entertains us. On Saturdays, it's Blazing Saturdays. And then on Sundays, Big People Sunday. We're going to be right back with the news after this music break. Soka Styli. Here is Ricardo Drew Professional. The question. The answer. Nation. Always wrong. Just look me in my eyes 
listen, officer, I, I, I am not drunk. I, I just need to get to my car. And when I get to my car, I, I drive home and, and, see, and see your wife. And see your wife. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone who has joined me here on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Thank you for making it Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views and now it is time for us to get into the details and we will be starting with international news russia ukraine live updates president vladimir putin tells a ww2 victory parade victory day parade in moscow's red square that russian troops in eastern ukraine are defending the motherland putin also says moscow's offensive was a preemptive move to ward off aggression from the west Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky vows his country will win the war and accuses Russia of staging a bloody reenactment of Nazism. And out of um, Zaporizhia, Ukraine, the Associated Press is reporting, more than 60 people were fared dead on Sunday after a Russian bomb flattened a school being used as a shelter. This is according to Ukrainian officials. While Moscow's forces kept up their attack on defenders inside Mariupol steel plant, and this is in an apparent race to capture the city ahead of Russia's Victory Day holiday. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said he was appalled by the reported school bombing on Saturday in the eastern village of Bilohorivka and called it another reminder that it is civilians that pay the highest price in war. Authorities said about 90 people had been taking shelter in the basement. Emergency crews found two bodies and rescued 30 people. But most likely all 60 people who remain under the rubble are now dead. Russian shelling also killed two boys ages 11 and 14 in the nearby town of Previlia, he said. Luhansk is part of the Donbass, the industrial heartland in the east of Russia's forces that Russia is bent on capturing. A Palestinian man shot dead for trying to cross West Bank barrier. Israeli soldiers have shot dead a Palestinian man who tried to enter Israel through a barrier in the northern occupied West Bank, the military said. The Israeli military said on Sunday that soldiers spotted a suspect who attempted to illegally cross the security fence near the northern West Bank city of Tul Karem and fired at him. The force shot at him in accordance with procedures. The suspect was taken for medical care. The Palestinian health ministry confirmed the man's death, identifying the deceased as Mahmoud Iram. In Nigeria, gunmen have killed at least 48 people in attacks on three villages in northwest Nigeria's Zamfara state. Dozens of gunmen on motorcycles entered the three villages in coordinated attacks, shooting people as they tried to flee. A total of 48 people were killed by the bandits in the three villages of Damri, Kalahe, and Sabon Garin, and this attack happened on Friday afternoon. The worst hit was Damri, where the gunmen killed 32 people. The victims included patients at a hospital. They burned a police patrol vehicle, killing two security personnel. Since 2010, gangs of bandits have run riot in vast swaths of northern Nigeria. But only in the last few years has the crisis ballooned 
international prominence in Africa's most populous country. The term bandits is a catch-all for the criminal gangs masterminding frequent bouts of abduction, maiming, sexual violence, and killings of citizens across northern parts of the country. Data from the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project shows that bandits were responsible for more than 2,600 civilian deaths in 2021, many more than those attributed to rebel groups Boko Haram and the Islamic State West Africa province in the same year, and almost three times the number of victims in 2020. A court in Fiji has paused the execution of a United States warrant to seize a $300 million yacht Washington says is owned by sanctioned Russian oligarch Suleiman Kerimov. The announcement on Monday came following a request to Fiji's Court of Appeals by Milamarin Investment, the company that officially owns the 106-meter or 340-foot yacht called Amadea. Western countries, including the U.S., have been targeting the assets of influential Russians with links to the Kremlin as punishment for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. U.S. President Joe Biden has requested that Congress give him the authority to use the proceeds of seized assets to benefit Ukraine, representing an escalation in the pressure campaign against Moscow. Fijian authorities last week officially seized the yacht, which reportedly has a helipad, a pool, jacuzzi, and a winter garden on its sun deck. This was done at the request of the U.S. Justice Department. Amadea had been impounded by police in Fiji for weeks before its seizure, with the U.S. Justice Department saying Kerimov had previously been designated as part of a group of Russian oligarchs who profit from the Russian government through corruption and its malign activity around the globe. Kerimov was sanctioned by the U.S. in 2014 and 2018. He has also been sanctioned by the European Union. The case concerning the yacht is scheduled to return to court on Thursday, and the U.S. warrant remains officially registered with the Fiji courts. This is according to a spokeswoman for the court when speaking with the AFP news agency. In other headlines, Afghan students run, a ground, run an underground book club to keep their dreams alive, and Bangladeshi children leaving school to work due to climate crisis coming up after the music break we do have stories out of north america for now here is nyla blackman sweet and local remember today is we're doing it in soca styling move it monday you wanna leave me open you wanna leave me so tied down now you know my one and only try not to let your heart get in the way Best, you're the best, 
Good morning and welcome to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Good morning to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Thank you for joining me here. Welcome to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views you just heard nyla blackman sweet and loco it's move it monday here in coffee and tune we do it in soca style and now it's time for stories out of north america more than a week after disappearance alabama inmate former corrections officer leave few clues for investigators as the search continues for a missing former alabama corrections officer and an inmate charged with murder Authorities remain in the dark on where the pair may have gone after the SUV they used after leaving the jail turned up little information in the case. The 2007 Ford SUV officials believe Vicki White, 56, and inmate Casey White, 38, were traveling in during their escape from the Lauderdale County Detention Center in Alabama more than a week ago, was located in a Tennessee tow lot. This is according to Sheriff uh, Rick Singleton on Friday when speaking with a news conference. The car was cleaned out. Nothing was left in the vehicle. They apparently took everything they had with them. The corrections officer, who is now no longer employed by the sheriff's office, left with an inmate from the jail on the morning of April 29th, saying she would take him to the courthouse for a mental health evaluation. She also said she would seek medical care for herself after dropping him off because she was not feeling well. Of course, the pair never arrived at the courthouse or medical facility, setting off a manhunt involving local and federal authorities. The two are not related, but have had a romantic relationship, Singleton has said. Although locating the SUV gave authorities a sense of the direction the pair was headed, investigators are still trying to piece together their movements days after they left the jail in a patrol car. On Friday, authorities said they located the SUV, which had been in a Tennessee tow lot for about a week. The SUV was taken there after it was found abandoned in the woods and without any identifying information last Friday. Authorities believe the SUV may have experienced mechanical problems, which prompted the sudden stop in that area. The discovery means the pair drove roughly two hours north to Williamson County in Tennessee after disappearing from the jail in Florence, Alabama. The U.S. Marshals Service has offered up to $10,000 for information leading to the arrest of the inmate and up to $5,000 for the former officer. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey also said an additional reward of $5,000 each 
for information leading to the arrest of the pair is available. Okay, so the money is going up. Not fast enough if you ask me. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, why didn't she get the vehicle checked out? She did everything in a hurry. You, you buy this vehicle shortly before um, staging it in the parking lot. When you're buying a vehicle 2007, you should have had a run through done. Take it to, you know, your mechanic. Make sure everything is in good working order if you really wanted to get far in that vehicle. But um, I don't know if I watched, you know, too much movies or too many shows, crime shows, where typically when this happens, don't they start searching, set up roadblocks all over, um, all possible avenues in and out? Why haven't they? Well, I haven't heard of any reports of roadblocks being done to search vehicles. You know, why hasn't that been done? Not sure. Trying to figure it out. But I say calling, um, what's the show on TV? There's a show too. They, they solve crimes in an hour. Call, call these people. What, what's the writer, the creator of these crime? The most popular, um, Dick Wolf. Dick morning, Wolf. Everybody. Yes. Thank Dick you. Law, <laughs> Law and Order. Yeah. All of them. CSI. Yeah. yeah. Call them in. I think they can solve yeah. the issue quicker, solve the crime quicker. They, they solve it in an hour. I'm always amazed. One hour solved. They have not set up any roadblocks. Nowhere. The minute you got wind, why weren't roadblocks set up? Makes you wonder. Hmm? Anyway, baby formula supply problem is getting worse. For months, stores nationwide have been struggling to stock enough baby formula. Manufacturers say they're producing at full capacity and making as much formula as they can, but it's still not enough to meet current demand. The out-of-stock rate for baby formula hovered between 2% and 8% in the first half of 2021, but began rising sharply last July. Between November 2021 and early April 2022, the out-of-stock rate jumped to 31%. The rate increased another 9% um, points in just three weeks in April and now stands at 40%. In six states, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Missouri, Texas, and Tennessee, more than half of baby formula was completely sold out during the week starting April 24. And although seven states had between 40 to 50 percent of baby formula products out of stock as early as, as April 26, states are now struggling with supply. CVS and Walgreens confirmed that it is limiting customers nationwide to three toddler and infant formulas per transaction. A Target spokesperson confirmed that the retailer has limited baby formula purchases to four units per customer for online purchases. There is no limit on the number of units that can be bought in person in Target stores. Customers shared images on social media of Walmart imposing similar constraints on its sales of baby formula, though Walmart did not confirm if it was a nationwide policy. This is unfortunate. I do feel it for those mothers who are not able to breastfeed. I know I have gone through that before. Um, so we can easily say breastfeed, but there are mothers who just can't. 
I remember with son number three, one week after having him, I caught the flu and everything dried up. What you going to do, right? You have to rely on um, formula. There are some babies, for example, for me, son number two, breast milk alone couldn't hold him. So it's all well and good to say breastfeed, but there are other circumstances. Yeah. So I do feel it and I do share the concerns that mothers especially those of newborns i think you can start giving um like oatmeal and blended up oatmeal really fine and cornmeal when they're probably what six months if i'm remembering it's been so long um six months yeah but you still can't put cow's milk in it or alternatives so you have to be you know i'm not sure what the resolve is going to be what do we do I don't know. Um, yeah. There are some concerns, though, because a former employee of Abbott Nutrition had filed a whistleblower complaint with the FDA months before there was some recall that was done documenting their concerns that the company was hiding safety problems at its Sturgis, Michigan plant. The formulas manufactured at the facility were recalled after four infants drinking it had fallen ill with rare infections caused by Chronobacter Sakazaki bacteria. Two of the infants had died. Um, so there was a recall done, and that has attributed to a part of the shortage that's going on um, nationwide. A nine-year-old cancer survivor was found dead under lawn chair. person of interest has been identified, and this story comes to us courtesy of Ball at Large. A nine-year-old boy who survived cancer was found dead under a lawn chair, Pennsylvania authorities have confirmed. Westmoreland County District Attorney Nicole Zicarelli announced the identity of Azuri Charles, who had been reported missing. More than 30 officers from the new Kensington Police Department, Pennsylvania State Police, and other nearby areas were informed of the case and helped find the missing child who Zicarelli confirmed died of homicide. She asked the public for help in providing information and wants those with details to call the new Kings Kensington Police Department. To our community at large, hold your children there. They are our most precious gifts. We will not rest until we determine what or who caused this child's death, she said. She did continue to mention that there is a person in interest that they do have. Not able to comment, comment any further at this time as this is an ongoing investigation. She did say, I can confirm this is a homicide and the child did die at the hands of another person. Based on everything we know at this time in the investigation, we do not believe there is a danger to the community at large. Zuccarelli could not say how Azuri's mother is coping with the loss but did confirm that the child has three younger siblings. No arrests have been made in Azuri's death. New Kensington police did take into custody his father, Jean Charles, um, on an unrelated warrant for simple assault and child endangerment case. This is after he allegedly punched his son in the eye and left a bruise back in November. It is unclear if the son was Azuri, people reported. Hmm. Azuri's neighbor said that the boy had just beat pediatric cancer. All he does is ride his bike and play with his sister, and for something like this to happen, 
it's unbelievable. Taylor, who is 70, volunteered to assist with the search because he was familiar with the areas where neighborhood children played. He was the one that later discovered Azuri's body under a lawn chair in a wooded area behind his home. That is so sad. Um, I hope his father had nothing to do with it. But underneath a lawn chair in a wooded area of the home, we know children like to venture out, um, wandering and playing. I know, growing up, I was a little tomboy. Um, I was up in trees in some distant part of the yard at all times, some far corner. So I understand children do wander. Now, the mystery needs to be solved because, you know, we want to know. Nine years old, you, you beat cancer and then to die. This, you know, ruled a homicide. Let's see. I'm not sure if any of you remember this case um, about Julissa Batier or the, a seven-year-old girl. The audio of Julissa Batier begging her grandmother not to send her with her mother has been obtained by the New York Post. The heartbreaking story of Batier's death is hard to hear, and the recent audio makes it even worse. The seven-year-old girl is heard saying, Grandma, call the police. I do not want to go with mommy. Jalissa repeatedly begged and cried hysterically to her grandmother, Yolanda Davis, who was also her foster parent. The child did not want to go to a court-ordered weekend visit with her mom, Navasia Jones. Another recording captured the girl saying, help me out, when asked what the police could do. Her pleas went unheard. Jalissa was sent with her mother, who had lost custody of the girl at birth, along with four sons because of alleged negligence and physical abuse. The young girl's grandmother and court-appointed lawyer objected. Still, the City Administration for Children's Services last June 21 let Julissa return to live with her mother without supervision for the first time. Less than two months later, on August 10, she was dead. The mother said the child fell and hit her head on a desk. However, her eldest son, who is 17, told cops he had punched Julissa eight times in the face, but official dis officials decided those blows did not kill her. Hours later, she started throwing up and passed out. Her mom called 911, and she was rushed to the hospital with brutal injuries. She could not be saved. The ME ruled her death a homicide. Close to nine months later, the NYPD has still made no arrest. The investigation is ongoing, a spokesperson said on Friday. Um, this breaks my heart. It really does. And this is the issue I have with court-ordered um, visits, mandates, whatever you want to refer to them as. The child is begging, 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 begging not to go to the court-ordered weekend stay. I understand legal issues. I, I do get it. I don't know. I would, I would have to say, hold on, something is wrong here. 
if this child is being hysterical, crying, not wanting to go and saying, call the police, I don't think that's something I would ignore. I will deal with the consequences. But what I don't get is that the child was removed at birth along with four sons because of alleged negligence and physical abuse. But yet, the city administration for children's services last June returned the child to her mother without supervision for the first time. Who do we hold responsible in this regard, in this situation, in this scenario? Who do we hold responsible? Do we hold the grandmother and the attorney? Do we hold the courts? Do we hold the um, protective services or the child services program? Who do we hold responsible? There was child neglect, if you ask me, from all parties involved. Refusing to listen to children. If a child looks at you and says, oh, I don't want to go to auntie or uncle. I want to stay. And you keep forcing that child. And the child is saying, no, no, you have to. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Crying, breaking down. And you force that child. And something happens to the child. Then what? Then what? How do we correct these issues going forward to see to it these things don't happen again? When do we start listening to children? Children have voices too. We can't be telling them, say something, we will listen to you. But when they do say anything, we're ignoring them. Then the 17-year-old says, he punched Julissa eight times in her face. But the officials decided the blows did not kill her. What is the post-mortem saying? What, what is the autopsy saying? That's what I'm waiting to hear. Officials are saying that, oh, that's not what killed him. Kind of like when you listen to Ricky Smiley and they have that segment um, with the church lady, but that's not what killed him. Yeah, got the blows, but that's not what killed her. So what killed her? Can we hear what killed her then? The mother said the child fell and hit her head on a desk. Was that after being punched or before being punched? seven uh eight times in the face hours later well the the, the fall must have happened before because it was hours after the, the the punches that she was rushed to the hospital after throwing up and passed out nine months later still no arrest has made when, when is there when is there going to be some um progress I don't know. Why is it taking so long for determination to be made? I guess, good morning, everyone. I guess they're still trying to build their case, but um, even for the 17-year-old, the 17-year-old who punched, punched her, mm-hmm. he to be arrested as well, because mm-hmm. that's, that's if he didn't kill her, you need to be charged for something because at 17, you got common sense. I don't care. Um, you can't just be punching on people like that. I don't, 
um, it's just sad. And as you said earlier, a lot of us don't listen to kids, um, our kids or their kids, but most kids, we know kids lie and kids, you know, do stuff, but you know sometimes when the kids are telling the truth. And obviously she didn't want to go with the mom because she went before and something happened. Yeah. Something happened, why she didn't want to go, but at the end of the day, she had to go because of the court. There's nothing else. The grandma couldn't do anything. You cannot hold a grandma for it because she couldn't do anything. If the court says she has to go this weekend, she has to go. And unless the, unless the mom said, no, she's she can't take her this weekend, but there's nothing you can do about that. So um, we just got to wait and see what happened because that's sad. But Marlon, the, grand, the girl asked the grandmother to call the police. I do not want to go with mommy. Help me out. And the grandmother's response is, what can the police do? Exactly. Uh, so if the police, the police can't do anything. If the police shows up and says, um, um, "Where is the court papers?" and they look at the court papers and see it's the mom's turn, they can't do anything. It has to go back to the system for them to do something, and the system take a while. So if the court if police shows up, there's nothing they can do because they go off what the court papers say, unless. They, they see physical abuse from the mom to the to the to the child, then they might you know overpower it and say no, you're not going. But if if they don't see anything from you know physical or you know when they when they show up, the court papers, the court papers, it's sad, but you know you can't do anything. But at least I would prefer to call the cops. At least do that because you never know if there could be a turn in the tide. That, that's how I'm looking at it. At least call the police. Ha let the police say, no, you have to go. Well, yeah, you're probably right. But I guess the grandma looking at it, police not going to do anything. So why call? So I don't know. Um, it's disheartening. Seven years old seven years old so what does the law say now what does the judge have to say how can we have um different laws put in place there has to be an amendment something needs to be put in um yeah in but the event a chat i'm sorry go ahead marlon i was just saying this the system is like that too so if they took if they take your child from you and then you show in some form of improvement, um, say you know you're not on drugs or you don't seem like you don't seem like you abuse the anymore and you go back to the courts and they say, Okay, she's fit to take her child back, they're gonna do it. And uh, how how can how do you know somebody is mentally okay? when you take the child from them from the first place. And that's something we need to figure out too, because I can lose my kids and then next year, two years from now, I can say I'm okay. And, you know, because I start acting a certain way, you know, I start acting Mr. Goody too and, and, you know, get a job and stuff. And, but you, the mind 
It's the, the, the crazy stuff in your mind is still there. But we need to figure out how can we, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's crazy, it's a long shot, but we have to, if they take your child away from you because uh, of certain things, how do we know you're better? How does system know you're better by just looking at you and and go through and go through a doctor and the doctor say yes you're okay, which most of these doctors are both um, liars anyways. Um, so how do we really know the mom was okay? But here's the thing: and, she she lost custody of five children, negligence and physical that, abuse. So how do they know she was okay to 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 get visit you know to have visit, visitation rights? You know, but they so, sent the child back to. I don't know. This is this is I painful. Don't As I don't a mother, know. this is painful. And what what happened to the dad? Where is the dad? You we know, don't know. So. I don't even want to start on that. <laughs> because, oh, but just saying. Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. And, you know, I, you, let me just say this. I heard, um, not I heard, I was watching it on Instagram. Was it Instagram or TikTok? I downloaded it. I need to play it. I'll, I'll see if I can um, find it and play it. But um, a woman said something. A man can get up and walk away from his children and he ends up on child support, right? If he doesn't pay the child support, you go through the courts, blase, blase, blase. But if a woman gets up and walks away from her children, it's called child neglect. She's looked at as being horrible, cruel, wicked. Food for thought. Um, I don't know. Nine months, I don't see why they don't have an answer yet with regards to this child. I don't see why we don't have a report, an autopsy report available. I'm sure one must have been done, but what is the delay? But we do have some good news here with our next story, something to brighten our day. This 19-year-old is about to become her university's youngest ever law school graduate. Haley Taylor Schlitz isn't old enough to buy a bear, but she is set to become Southern Methodist University's youngest ever law school graduate at just 19 years old. In 2019, Taylor Schlitz was accepted into nine different law schools, eventually attending SMU's Dedman School of Law in Dallas. This is according to a news release from the university. She's also an author, public speaker, and advocate for the issues of students of color and the uh, situations they face in navigating gifted and talented programs in public schools. As a fifth grader, Taylor Schlitz struggled to be acknowledged by her public school's gifted and talented program. Her parents decided to homeschool her instead, and she thrived. Graduating high school at age 13, at 16, she became the youngest graduate on record from Texas Women's University, according to her website. Many girls and students of color are left out of our nation's gifted and talented programs, Taylor Schlitz said. Society will lose out on the potential scientist who cures a major disease. 
the entrepreneur who starts with next Amazon and so much more, all because of their gender and or skin color. After graduating on May 13th, Taylor Schlitz plans to work on education policy issues and increase opportunities for gifted and talented girls and students of color, according to the release. Well done. Good for you, um, Taylor. Congrats, Taylor. Congrats. Haley Taylor Schlitz. Yep. Isn't it funny? Not old enough to buy a bear, but she's not old enough to buy cigarettes, but you are able to practice law. Well, she still has to sit the bar exam first. At just 19 years old. Congratulations. Yeah. She's also an author, public speaker, and advocate for the issues of students of color. Makes me feel like... Just, I remember when... um. I think it was DJ Naturalist was interviewing um, Marley Dias when we last month during the um, Grassroots Community Foundation um, initiative. And after reading her bio, I felt so worthless. What have I accomplished in this life? Hmm? I really had to step back. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? What <laughs> I feel, I don't know. I shouldn't feel that way. But when you hear these stories, they're inspiring, I must say. They're truly inspiring. But it makes me look within. Good morning, everyone. And as we, okay, so the mother is going to live long. In walks Dr. Janice Johnson Dias. Just called your daughter's name, um, Dr. Dias, talking about her inspiration as I was reading the story about Haley Taylor Schlitz. Yeah. Um, Moment. Good morning. Good morning, Andel. Yes, you're breaking up a little, but we're hearing you. I'm sorry, uh, but one of the most beautiful things about it is you said that she was homeschooled. Yes. Yes. Here you go. I think we had a conversation last week about the same thing about homeschooling and going on to college. You know, you can actually homeschool your kids and then have them sit the college ent entrance exam and go on to college. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I mean, and I think it's amazing. Some children do perform better at home and we know, we should know our children best, right? We should. I mean, even just looking within my own household, son number four, he's next year, he's doing dual. He's, he'll be attending um, FIU, while still in high school, right? I applaud him. I do applaud him for it, and I, I celebrate him for it. And I'm like, okay, I'm wasting, what have I done with my life? <laughs> right? What have I done? But then I celebrate the parents of these children who support these children. You have to, because they listened to their children. They saw a spark, and they did not hold their child back. And I think that speaks volumes. So a lot of times, we as parents, we look at ourselves and we, we, we start being hard on ourselves, right? Why couldn't I have, or why didn't I? I shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know that famous statement. But the truth is, we have to accept where we are placed in life. That sometimes our not following through on something 
has put us in the perfect position to propel our children. Right? Because truth be told, not everybody can balance everything very well. And God knows us best. One person can balance it all, another can't. So, I applaud the parents. And I have to learn not to be hard on myself. (laughs) Right? But celebrate our youth. Yeah, someone open their mic. Go right ahead. Good morning, Apple. Um, you know, this, um, what what the young queen said earlier, you know, in our speech, so society got missed out, you know, I mean, um, uh, someone who can really contribute, I forgot the exact place, uh, the person said, you know, some society are missed out on somebody amazing and wonderful, someone who can really contribute, you know, help or stuff like that, basically, I was trying to say, uh, because of them skin color, them gender, you know? right? Like, so many of our. So many of our, our own scholars, and I mean black scholars, say these things. And one of them who really kind of, even though him, him not doing him supposed to do, to me, I don't know why I mean that. Who may I talk about is Dr. Omar Johnson. He um, always talk about how kids like, like her, you know what I mean? Them, because I said that's a struggle. You know, so struggle, you know, like I guess what public school maybe or something like that. So she ended up starting have to be homeschooled. She probably does too small and she, she she's not the only person who come out like her parents come out and say, Yo, you know, them all oh, this child this child like surpass the class and it's like what am I teach the, the, the child to surpass that. You know what I mean? And it's like them start to label the child as ADHD and all them bullshit then. You get me what I say? Remember we're so, on air Apple. Or BS, sorry, sorry, sorry my bad. <laughs> yeah, so them sorry about that. So them start to label the, the child as um having ADHD or whatever it is and how the child is not paying attention or not fit, you know, have some learning disability, all sorts of nonsense, you know, all sorts of BS. And when them put the child in our one like either homeschool the child, you hear so the child space on no time you, you know what I mean when they're going to sit the certain exam them surpass the class or then put them on whatever programs and the child you know like they must say yo I'm sure said that something wrong with that child because right now that child come back even smarter than me <laughs> you get me I say so yeah so more time so when you come on to child of, uh, 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 um or like you know black them, them ten feet leave the child a certain way but again you know, them put out documents and series on why them do this stuff like this. It's all by design. You get me? Yeah. I say, so I say, oh, not no so but hey, teach them one. You, you must know why you say that when other people actually have put out the documents and behind the scenes and all them talking say, hey, this will take place. You know? So, you know, some people say, oh, everything you put a uh, color upon, like you think right in your face. So, what more you want? You know what? It needs to happen to your child or something for you. Can say, oh yeah, true. You know, you know. So, but as I say, congrats to her and other kids like her. You know what I mean? Who 
more time, you go on some, well, you look on IG and you must show some certain uh, pages like Black Excellence and stuff like that. Yes, it's uh, some little nine year old and some little 10 year old and some 15 or 13 year old gone to college. Gone sit down with, with some 20 odd year old kids or whatever it is. You know, and, 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 you know I, I do what they're supposed to do. You know, I kick butt. You get me and say in them class uh, and all them something and those who graduate, they check it out a year. So one look child uh, what they not even reach teenage yet. How much we call them or maybe them, them teenage like that real young not to reach sixteen. I can't get too much um uh, offer for college and how much a million dollars so forth. At one point one of them he reached a level there and the the some Fox News people are talk about they just say some negative stuff. You know, the Fox News uncle them and say, hey, like, basically, them and say, yo, what, like, yo, yeah, show off. I play for so much college and I get offered to so much college and, you know what I mean, why so much college I reach out to that to one person here. Yeah? I was like, yo, look at that. You get me what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, man, you know, again, congrats to her, yeah. the parents, them who say, say, hey, you know, so public school, I come into public enemy number one to kids, them, you know, to certain kids. You see me, I say, so yeah. here, you talk to we for just take them kids here and mold them, you know, support them so that them can show the world, hey, my, my child have a learning disability, you know, when I teach my kids, them, no, no, them surpass that, they're on a higher, different level, you see me, I say, so I go homeschool my kids, make the sacrifice, homeschool my kids so that them can reach their highest potential. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, man, hats off. Of course. Thank you so much, Apple. And I think one more person. We can take one more comment and then I have to keep it moving. Go right ahead, James. Good morning. Okay. Morning, morning, everyone. And I, I hope all, all the ladies had a good Mother's Day yesterday. All the mothers in the room. Yes, um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I was growing up in Jamaica, like in, in my community, there's this. There's this um, family, like all of us were poor, but like they were even poorer than us. So um, um, she had like eight kids and she had to choose to send one out of the eight to school. One out of the eight. She couldn't afford to send to send out the seven. And one of one of the seven, this 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 young man, like. He had like basic school education, could not read, could not write. You know, they, they used to like, you know, go to the market and sell fish. But when this guy, this guy was about 18, 19, and he, he started, like he was, you know, pushing carts and selling stuff. And this guy is a genius. Like this guy would, would be pushing his cart on the road. And I remember like he, he saw like a broken air conditioner and he took it up and brought it home. And this guy fixed the air condition without education without any technical knowledge of, of, of this stuff, fix it. Everything in his house, like he got it at the dump and he fixed it. TV, everything. Um, he was one of the first person in Jamaica to, to turn an on-cart into like a car. Like he got, he, he, he found this old bike and he took out the engine and he put the engine on the on-cart and he was driving the cart around like a car. And, you know, you wonder, like, if these, a lot of these people, um, young people, were able to, to access education. Because just imagine, this guy had no education. Can't read, can't write.
but he was able to turn a handcart into like a moving vehicle. You know, so it, it, it just shows that even in Jamaica itself, like the amount of young people out there um, committing crime that would have been doing great otherwise if given the opportunity. Opportunity. That's a good word right there. Opportunity. And that is why I know I have said to our children all the time, do not waste your opportunities. Don't take them for granted. Don't treat them with scant regard because there are many who would love just to have a mere fraction of what you have access to. Yeah, it is so important. But here is what we need to be looking out for. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And tune into Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern inside the Quality Music Zone. QMZRadio.com. It's music, news, and naturalist views. Also, Naturalist is right here on Clubhouse in the QMZ Radio Club. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's real relationship talk. Join Moments, Sinet, Rosolo, and Marlon at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight on Clubhouse for the conversation. And tune in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Tonight, we're talking about Kama Sutra, the art of making love. Join Rose Solo tomorrow, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse in the Rose Solo Show Club. Tomorrow, she'll be speaking with Janice Laws Robinson, candidate for Georgia Insurance and Safety Fire Commissioner. Tune into Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern and Freestyle Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Mixmaster Kevon on JanoRadio.com. Saturdays, it's Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple at 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern, and he returns on Sunday, every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern with Big People Sunday. Coming up after the music break, we have business and tech and health and science news. Here is Destra with Lucy. Up as a real good girl, always home, don't go nowhere. As soon as I was introduced, the carnival they say I lose. All down on the ground, walking, walking up my bottom, and it dragging, dragging all over tongue. And they say I lose. It was never a party at my school bazaar, I used to go. But since I was introduced, the back and now they say I lose. When I drop it hot and I whine it on top of the speaker box and I
always home, don't go nowhere As soon as I was introduced, the carnival They say I lose, all down on the ground Walking, walking up my bottom And they're dragging, dragging all over tongue And they say I lose, lose I lose a Good morning to all our listeners who have joined us right here on Clubhouse. This, this is where the conversation happens. And thank you to everyone tuned in, listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Welcome to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views thank you all i just want to read from the chat real quick here um so neil o said i was blessed to have my daughter graduating as salutarian at the age of 19 with a bachelor's degree in media communication and by 21 had a master's degree from university in france brand and luxury management it's not a matter of where you come from motivation and guidance works we need to breathe hope into our children let them know they can become whatever they desire achieve anything they dream that is so true congratulations Nilo on your daughter's accomplishments and I'm sure you are proud yeah a lot of us just need motivation a lot of us need someone to help point us in the right direction and as parents we don't always have the answers but if your child reaches out to you, don't feel bad to say, you know something, I don't know, but you know what, I'm going to find out. Go and do the research and help your child, right, so that they don't have a life of regret or anger or bitterness because you did not at least try, all right? Um, now it is time for Business News. Nigerian Airlines suspend flights over soaring jet fuel prices. Nigerian Airlines are to suspend all domestic flights from Monday over a fourfold increase in jet fuel prices, an umbrella organization of operators said on Saturday. The airline operators of Nigeria said the price of jet fuel had jumped from 190 
to 700 Nigerian Naira per liter, which is the equivalent of 45 cents to almost a dollar and 70 cents. The rise in jet fuel prices is primarily caused due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which started in February. The cost of fuel has soared worldwide since Russia invaded its western neighbor, which triggered a wide range of sanctions by the West on Moscow, a major exporter of oil and gas. No airline in the world can absorb this kind of sudden shock from an astronomical rise over a short period. The aviation minister responded by urging airlines to consider the multiplier effect of shutting down operations on Nigerians and global travelers. The Nigerian Consumer Protection Agency also implored domestic airlines to consider the effect of the proposed shutdown on passengers and the magnitude of difficulties and hardship associated with such an action. It added it was concerned with rising consumer feedback that airlines have continued to sell tickets beyond the date announced for the proposed service shutdown. Nigeria produces 1.4 million barrels of crude oil a day, but it refines little. It relies almost completely on fuel imports, making the local market vulnerable to disruptions. The rising price of fuel has caused prolonged power blackouts in recent weeks. What I can say is planes, just like cars, if not used, will not will go bad. So um, I think what the government needs to do is to see how they can step in and try to subsidize the cost. It's understandable why the airline wants to take that stance. If you don't want to um, burden your passengers, I get it. I, I do get it because... It's going to push the price of a one-hour flight to $289, which is 120,000 Naira. For them, that's a lot, right? How much is it from here to Jamaica? One hour and 15 minutes. Um, the prices are ridiculous. Let me just say that. And the prices vary by the seat you sit in, okay? Window seat versus aisle seat versus row one versus, versus row three. And versus Tuesday versus Wednesday, it's crazy. You go crazy, literally. Um, can I come in? Yes, go right ahead, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you talk about Nigeria. Nigeria is an oil-producing country, mm-hmm. and the fact that they do not process most of their oil, and I'm just wondering. Not sure. Mm-hmm. It's the same colonialism system or capitalist or global economic system that holds down developing countries because for example Jamaica has clauses that doesn't allow us to process our, our raw materials to a tertiary level and I'm wondering if it's the same Nigeria has because I'm just wondering why would you be an oil producing country and you're not processing your crude oil to the refining it Okay. To the to all the you know the levels that it could be used for domestic use. Why are you importing? You produce oil. People come in and mine the oil, mm-hmm. take it out, refine it somewhere else, and then sell it back to you. Okay, and, and guess what? Point. You're not yeah. the only one, Neil, with that question. A lot of people have asked that question, and so of course I jumped onto um, Google. Right. So, over thirty licenses for modular refineries were issued in 2015 by the Department of Petroleum Resources. 
um, but very few operate effectively because of inconsistencies surrounding policy and regulations in Nigeria's investment space. That's one um, answer. Hold on. The plant being built by Africa's richest man, Aliko Dangote, is not owned by the Nigerian state. Um, it's a lot of foreign... Okay, here's another answer. Nigeria does not have enough money or technical expertise to build its own oil refineries. They are extremely expensive and complicated um, factories to run. Hmm. It's a moment. Um, I think we had a conversation again about this, especially with the, um, with the gold mining. Um, so what happened is, you know, the bigger Western company go in and say, we'll give you all the equipment, all this stuff to do and you know, process your, your, your oil, but you have to sell it back to us uh, you know, at cents on the dollar, and that's how it is. So they're producing it, and they, they not you know they, they have the equipment because we are providing it for them for free, and then we have first dips to buy it back from them cents on the dollar, and then we sell it back to them at a higher cost after the fact, and that's what's happening. Hmm. And it's yeah. the same thing with our bauxite. So even in Jamaica, where they extract the raw material, then take it to United States or elsewhere, refine it into aluminum. And sell that aluminum to us. Um, and from speaking to one of my friends, an economist, mm -hmm. there are actually clauses when you take money from IMF and IDB that mm -hmm. say you can't process your raw materials. You have to sell the raw materials to the first world country to be processed. And I think this is a big part of why we're seeing so much poverty, corruption, and 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 stress. <laughs> <laughs> on the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, I remember recently, you know, um, I'm trying to remember if I got uh, one of them African countries that where they were saying, hey, you know what? We're going to try for be Like, some, some, I think some energy thing, they're going to try to deal with. And the Western world tell them, no, no, you cannot do it. You know, um, they, they, but more, like, like, basically I say, oh, whatever fossil fuel or whatever, oh, whatever they do, the whole energy thing right now, it can mess up the, the atmosphere, so, something like that. Because a couple months ago, I mean, talked about it one at a time, and we even mentioned it in the room and stuff, and like, the Western world terms are, no, they can't do it. You're breaking up our phone. This is what they need to do, because, you know, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's going and coming. Um, yeah, it's going. Do me a favor, Alpha. Type your um comment in the chat, and I'll be happy to read it because there's a lot of distortion um coming through on the line. I do apologize for that. Um, we all understand that third world countries are exploited, and we're in that position because we're dependent on first world countries. We are constantly taking out loans. For example. Um, Jamaica, IMF, and the um, Interdevelopment Bank, we're constantly relying on loans to keep our economies afloat, right? And when, <laughs> remember I made this comment, and I've, I've said it several times, he who hath the money hath the power. That's something my father taught me. Another thing he said to me, 
try not to borrow from people because when you borrow from people, now you are at liberty to give them all your information, to tell them all your business, and you're not hearing what's going on with them. And he's right. When you put yourself in a and think about it, when you call somebody to borrow money from them, what do they ask you? What do you need it for? And then they start to lecture you, <laughs> right? So why haven't you done this or why didn't you do that and blah, 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 blah. We're no different from what first world countries do to third world countries. Third world countries need a loan and they get the loan based on their um, <laughs> clauses. So if you don't want to deal with our clauses, don't come to us for a loan. Figure it out on your own. That's what it is. And while we are beating down the first world countries, we do it to each other. Believe it or not. We put regulations in place. Yeah, that's what we do. And that's what the governments of first world countries do to third world countries. As long as you are going to need their money, you need to be able to tell them what you're going to do with it, how you're going to spend every penny. You have to meet with them ever so often to explain to them where the money did everything. And if they say, okay, you can get more, but this is what has to be done because you are desperate, you fall prey. And it's hard to take your hand out of the lion's mouth because you don't have anything to stand on. You have the resources, but you can't manage the resources because you don't have the money to do so. And I remember also saying in here when we had the conversation a while back, that okay you can't do it on your own you need help but governments should see to it that the government of the country has majority stake ownership in whatever is put in that's how i look at it but no that is not what happens because they are so desperate for the money and so glad and over the moon for the help they take whatever is given to them they just happily sign off so we relinquish our power, we relinquish our resources, and now we put ourselves at the mercy of, of them from whom we borrow. That's how it works, folks. We really don't have a leg to stand on because we're borrowing. And that's why I said, in Jamaica's situation, push for the reparations, which I, we're not hearing anything more about it right now. It's seven-day news it's there it's gone quiet i hope they're still working arduously on it but i strongly recommend push for the reparations use that money to pay off what international debts you can look at the chinese and what they're doing in jamaica they have total control because they put in the infrastructure that's so needed that for years the only time the governments and and both governments have ever paid any attention to the roads in Jamaica is around election time when they go around with a truck and throw marl and spray it black with whatever they never took the time and I keep doing that every time election rolls around Christmas time that's the only time they give out work to money to the parish council for them to chop off the, the, the hillside so you have a little more road access that's what happens we don't pay attention I don't know, maybe wrong.
my interpretation of what my observation is. <laughs> go ahead, O'Neill. You opened your mic. Go right ahead. No, no, no. I just, I just saying it's deep because, I mean, we you talk about Jamaica, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we can we can blame a bad workman blame the two. We can blame first world countries so much and no more. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Growing up as a kid, I remember my father was a builder and I remember saying, Hey, why can't we have concrete roads? You know, why can't we make roads out of concrete? And I was told mm -hmm. by the people who supposed to be smarter than me that that's impossible. Can't happen. It happens in Canada. Exactly, it happened in the US. Right? <laughs> the tap was all over. And then years later, when they were building the first highway and the first French company came, they were using concrete to make major parts of the road. And then, you know, you, you, you use the concrete and then you put the, what do you call it, barber green? Barber green, so yeah. They mix right over it mm -hmm. as a layer. So it's not slippery. The Bagua Gorge for years used to tear up until the Chinese went in there and used concrete to build an infrastructure that even though you still have flooding, you don't have the road. So it may become impossible during flooding, but once the water recedes, the road mm -hmm. is still there standing. So the point I'm making is I think we as a people become, we have leaders or people in power that, that are either ignorant of the fact mm -hmm. or just complacent, complicit to not doing things the right way, not innovating, not trying to find so you talk about as Jamaican people truth been told because growing up as a kid there's a lot of stuff I never used to eat mm -hmm. right you know you don't want the, the food to come out of the backyard because you want fancy food to come from <laughs> whatever you know that's how we eat KFC we don't have fried chicken in our house the point I'm making is if we have to, if we're forced in a situation where we have to eat the yam and sweet potato and banana off the land Right, if sometimes you're placed in adverse situation to force you to do the right things to help yourself to actually survive, I think we're too entitled as a people, and we just want everything foreign, and we want and nothing is wrong with the quality of life being better, but there has to be a process and a period of sacrifice in order to ensure that the next generation not to go through the same stress that we go through. And until we as a people start to see life that way, we're going to, 50 years from now, still be having the same exact conversation we're having today. Mm -hmm. I yield the floor. I agree. Michael Mali, they tell us. Who, who told us, Dre? Michael. I'm <laughs> saying most socialists. <laughs> ah. well, I'm also yeah, I, I, I'm gonna yeah, leave I'm, that one right there. Um, to put that in because <laughs> what you said, I, I, I know exactly what you said. I've heard it before from a politician. I know I wanted to listen. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one right there. Leave but, it alone. Uh, put it on the dresser like say, a figurine. Well, all I say is this. All I say is this. If we really study. The 1970s is a case study. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not about politics of saying Michael was the greatest or Siago was the worst or nothing like that. What I'm, I'm about to say is if we truly use the 70s as a case study, look at all the factors, what was 
proposed, how it was, what, how, how it was um, fought against, who fought against it, where the money come from, the CIA, etc., 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 etc. And I'm not talking about the violence part. I'm just talking about the development of Jamaica and the plan that was in place. Not talking about who he was friends with and whether he was friends with Cuba and friend and Cuba was friends with with Russia or Soviet Union. The reality is for Jamaica, what were the plans presented, and why were they all trashed? Um, why in the 1980s none of them was even implemented because we had a system of governance where if one person comes with a good idea and it's not my idea I kill the idea because it's not mine mm-hmm. right and that has set Jamaica back we're 60 years old today and we're already set back 100 years <laughs> for not doing anything right I yield again <laughs> All right, thank you so much for that. In health and science news, Mother's Day is not a celebration for everyone. Um, this is an interesting read because it is so true. I never gave it much thought, but after reading this article, um, I was forced to come to terms with the reality that it is so true. Bouquets of flowers, decorated Sunday brunches, and sentimental cards don't always hold the same emotions for everyone. There are different experiences that could lead up to why Mother's Day would be difficult for somebody, said clinical psychologist Naomi Torres Mackey, head of research at the Mental Health Coalition. It could be because they were born into a family without a mother, with a single father, two fathers, or non-binary parents. That could leave a sense of, am I missing something, or... Because their relationship with mom has been severed or because they are mourning the death of their mother. Many may discount complicated feelings around Mother's Day, maybe because a lot of time has passed since the loss or because it feels wrong to grieve if a death never occurred. But Torres Mackey said it's natural for a lot of emotions to arise around this day, especially considering we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic. Grief is a reaction. James, I just muted you because your mic went open. Grief is a reaction. It doesn't have to be a reaction to death. There are many types of loss, Torres Mackey said. There's no one right way to grieve and it's not linear. And time is almost irrelevant when it comes to grief and loss. Rather than deny or minimize it, the best thing you can do is embrace your experience and take steps to care for yourself on a day honoring caregivers. Self-care is a non-negotiable on Mother's Day, said Joanne Frederick, another psychologist based in Canada and author of Copiology, Exploring Coping Techniques. Accept how you feel and that it could change. Mother's Day comes with a lot of shoulds. I should be happy. I should be celebrating. I should be physically spending time with my mother. Or maybe you feel you should be solemn. Either way, Torres Mackey suggests taking the should out of Mother's Day and reframing it in a way that acknowledges that grief and emotions are ever-changing. What you need one year is not necessarily what you will need the next. You can think I am going to mark Mother's Day in this way, 
It doesn't have to be a happy day. You don't have to celebrate. It can be marked because it is a significant day. Plan ahead. Whatever you are feeling, it's a good idea to plan for the day before the day itself arrives. If you don't have a schedule for self-care, difficult emotions might creep upon you and you could become too overwhelmed to start a plan. It's also important to plan to avoid triggers around Mother's Day, whether it is social media posts or displays in stores. And this is according to a therapist based in Massachusetts, Sarah Kalney. If your feelings are more joyful, if you can't or won't be celebrating Mother's Day with a mom this year, you can still find joy or meaning in the day, psychologists said. If you're a mom, let other people celebrate you, Frederick said. The first thing you think is, how do I celebrate my mom right now? But if you're a mom, allow people to take you out or give you gifts, express their thoughts for you. Even if you're not a mother, can it be a good day to schedule fun things for yourself? Yes. Go to a movie, have a nice dinner or a bath. The day can also be a way to connect with your mom, even without her there. That could mean going to her favorite places, cooking her recipes, going through pictures or writing her a letter. It might be worthwhile to start a tradition of getting together with friends and family to share stories. You can sit and enjoy it. So, whether it's tears, sadness, anger, grief, all the laughter, celebration, whether it is good reflections of the past, keep those memories alive, she added. So, we think that Mother's Day is a joyous time for everyone. It's not. Grief doesn't mean that a person is dead, folks. People grieve relationships for various reasons. Let us not take it for granted. Let us not think that everybody ought to be happy. And I'm going to go a little deeper with this and I'm going to talk about myself, for example. Every Mother's Day I struggle to some degree. Why? Because I'm not with my mother for Mother's Day. Yes, I can pick up the phone and talk to her. But it's not the same, if that makes sense. It's just not the same. Mother's Day is a day when I spend reflecting as well. I question myself as a mother. Am I doing the right thing by my sons? Am I listening to them? I don't always, and I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I miss things. I, I, you know, it happens. But it's a time when I sit and reflect on how I can be a better mother, right? That's a daily conversation. But that day is when I do reflect. Because at the end of the day, we're not given handbooks. We're not given a manual. It's trial and error. It's other people telling us their, um, their ways, their means, things that worked for them, things that didn't work for them. Right, because, And also, children are different. Four children, four different personalities. And you have to know what works for one doesn't work for the other one. And you're constantly learning your children because they change too. Right? Um, but 
I do a lot of reflection on that day. Some things I beat myself up on, some things I wish I had done differently, right? And I hope that I'm doing the best that I can with the, what I have, what I have access to. So that's my story <laughs> as it relates to Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah so as you, as you read that moment, what, what's interesting for, for me, like, you know, like Mother's Day for me was always like a day of, like I, I normally go in depression on Mother's Day. Um, but, you know, yesterday was, was difficult in a different way because yesterday is the first Mother's Day since I actually connected with my mother. So, you know, it was, it was different, you know, for all the other 40 something years, you know, like it was depression. Mm -hmm. And then for yesterday, it was like, you know, how do I deal with this? So, like, how do I? So, you know, I didn't actually, you know, call her to talk to her on the phone until like about after nine, you know, when the kids went to bed, like I text her, in the morning, but I didn't actually call her until, you know, about nine nine thirty after the kids went to bed because, you know, like I I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how I would react, mm -hmm. um, because it's the first, it, you know, it's my first time doing that. So yeah, it it was a yeah difficult day, um, yeah different. So yeah, so it's interesting that that article because you know I think most time we take it for granted that you know everybody is celebrating you know not realizing that you know some people because and and one of the other thing too like yesterday i was talking i was texting a friend on whatsapp and like um you know when i look back upon my message mm -hmm. like her mother died mo mother's day mm. and i'm like wow you know so it's yeah it's very interesting because yeah it's a day to celebrate for most but it's a day that brings up like pain for others yeah yeah so interesting yeah um morning good morning good morning gentlemen go ahead naturalist go ahead and who so, yesterday, so yesterday i got a, i got a voice note uh from a listener and um it was he pretty much he was like crying you were saying that his mother died in 1975 uh when he was a kid until this day, you know, he has not gotten over it. And I think his mother was murdered. She wasn't, she didn't just die, she was murdered. And to this day, he has not gotten over it, man. I just, you know, you would say all those years ago, uh, here he is now, is, he gotta be close to 70 years old. And for him, it's just like, it as raw as if it happened um, yesterday. So sometimes we do kind of forget about those who, you know, that day did not bring, you know, such, um, you know, joy to them. But, um, you know, as I try to appreciate my mom why she's still here, uh, because I, I don't know what I would do if she wasn't here. I'll land right there. Mm. Thank you so much, Naturalist. Go ahead, O'Neill. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, for, I lost my mother 31 years ago. Um, but Mother's Day for me, in the, in the earlier years when she just died, like maybe, in the in the first couple of years, it was rough. But Mother's Day for me is a celebration of life um, in many different ways. Um, well, unlike 
the, the person that you spoke about. My mother never died tragically from a murder or an accident, but she, she had cancer. And, I mean, I knew she was going to die. Um, I was I was at a very tender age, but I understood that it was terminal. And I spent those last days, couple months of her life, just, it's almost like stockpiling on on memories. I never realized what I was doing, but I just knew I was doing it. You know, hugging, kissing, hearing the words of love, having conversations. And that is what, that's a stockpile I go to every so often to pull from, you know, to keep, to motivate me and keep me going. And just memorializing, just, just, just memorializing her, just celebrating her, um, just posting her is a joy for me. And what I said to everybody, one of the lessons I learned from my mom's death was that is how much it's important to celebrate now. You know, people like to put out things for tomorrow. I mean, we talk this all the time, but people don't realize tomorrow is really not promised. You have no control over tomorrow. So I always say to people, enjoy today. And just celebrating even through my kids and just appreciating life, you know, um, and every woman, I think if every man, and I can't speak for every man, but if every man should value life through honoring a woman, you know, it is, it is, it is like, it's like, it's like pain forward, you know? So if Mother's Day for me, even though I've lost my mother, is a day of celebration for me because I'm here. You know, I was I was given life by a woman, and even though she's not here and she's been gone for so long, um, I still can celebrate that that and be grateful for the fact that I had her. I had her for a while. Um, she inspired everything I am today, and then I live every single day trying to be a better person for her. Because I know she's somewhere out there seeing and seeing me and looking down. Yeah. But Mother's Day, big up all of the mothers. <laughs> it, it's still a day of celebration for me. I yield. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Fabian. Yes, yes. Just want to say a uh, belated happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here and uh, your respective mothers. And let's not forget those uh, ladies who have served as motherly figures as well. They too often get overlooked. Uh, they might not have their own biological child per se, but uh, think of all the teachers, all the people that have come into our lives and have served as uh, mother figures as well. So just want to include that in this morning's uh, show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Fabian. Thank you. We appreciate your comments, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, food for thought. Let's not overlook anyone. Let us not... Um, take anyone for granted and let us remember that while we're celebrating someone else is having a different outlook right coming up after the music break we do have sports caribbean corner and news out of latin america here is farmer nappy featuring nadia batson purple jazz
to all our listeners tuned in on qmzradio.com and janoradio.com. Thank you to everyone who has joined me here on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Welcome to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You just heard Farmer Nappy featuring Nadia Batson, Purple Jam. And I love that mix. And now it's time for sports news. So James Harden scored 31 points. Joel Embiid had 24 points and 11 rebounds. And the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Miami Heat 116 to 108 on Sunday night in game four to even the Eastern Conference semifinal series. The Heat won the first two games in Miami with Embiid out with a right orbital fracture and mild concussion. The 76ers won games three and four at home with Embiid and his mask in the lineup. Game five is Tuesday night in Miami. How you feeling, Marlon? How you feeling about uh, your Miami Heats? Can we go to the next story? <laughs> no, no, no. Seven games, seven games, seven games. It's going to be all seven. It's going to be seven. Hmm. Your mother, my condolences. Next game coming back to Miami. Blah, 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 blah. I'm on a conference call. I can't talk too long. Seven games. James, who just said my condolences? Yeah, because 
because I was there. I was there with Marlon. Like I, I thought that it would be a sweep. <sighs> Marlon, yeah, I, I guess too. Marlon and Ander will be sitting at the bar at Hooters. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I thought it would have been a sweep. Like I, I was surprised last night when I checked and I saw. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Don't worry, James. Don't how's worry, the weather? Guys. Don't worry, guys. The bill. How's the weather up there, James? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay y'all's tab <laughs> while y'all drown your sorrows. Oh wow! <sighs> All right, it's not over. It's not over yet. So we have no, seven, seven we have, games. It's gonna be it's gonna be seven games. Miami gonna take it in seven. So you think? Yeah, Miami gonna take it in seven. Okay. They uh, yeah, um, and being make a big difference. Uh, coming back, I'm not gonna lie, but mm -hmm. um, they make it a series. They make it a series. Just like um, it's just like um, Phil, uh, not Philly, um, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Phoenix Suns gonna be careful. Dallas gonna beat them. So, but it's 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 a series now for everybody. I think everybody is showing up, and they're playing like there's no tomorrow. So, wish there's no tomorrow if they lose. Marlon, Marlon we're coming we're coming back to Miami. That's number one. Number two, we're gonna figure out because they they actually shut out Hero like yesterday. They shut him out. Because you know, because we live by the trees, and they shut him out. We're just gonna find a way around that tomorrow, and we're just gonna come right back. Done. I agree with you. I agree. They're, they're gonna regroup and come back. Um, they just have to. The defense have to tighten up a little bit more, and don't let you know and shut James Harden down because he let him showing off yesterday. You know, he's you know, so you make it feel like he did something good because he. Didn't, Embiid, I can understand. Always play good, but James, he need to go sit somewhere. So they, they need to, <laughs> they, they need to, they need to shut him down. Yes, he used to be a good player back in the day, but you know, no. Okay. So, so I'm gonna throw some water on all of y'all right now, and this is my take. And I, yes, I understand the love of the sport, but I look at things from a boardroom perspective. If it gets to Game Seven, it's because of the owner's decision saying guys you're going to stretch it out to game seven we need the ticket sales remember we're opened up back we need to get the revenue in here as much as we can does it need to go to a game seven in my opinion no but all for the money that's how it goes folks if it goes Marlon. to game seven miami's gonna lose though Marlon. yes sir um the word is that Harden loves the nightlife down here at South Beach. Mm -hmm. So if you, any situation that, you know, might invite him, that's the only way I think that they beat the Sixers if they can get Harden out to South Beach. Listen, not Fabian. Fabian, it's funny that you said that because you know what I say about the, the sorry behind Miami Dolphins who can't seem to get it together. They need to leave Miami. There's way too much distraction down here. They have their heads spinning like bobbleheads. They can't stay focused. Get rid of the cheerleaders. Take them out of Miami so they can start doing some work. Too much distraction. And yes, it's, James Harden loves him some South Beach. Loves him some South Beach, especially when those young teams come down here, whether it's baseball, football, or basketball. They do not perform well that next night. That's all I got to say. Mm -mm. That's a <laughs> but remember, uh, Fabian, uh, game seven gonna be in Miami, so it'll we'll be all right. <sighs> okay, okay, I'm yeah, here we'll for it. James, he won't play good on Tuesday night, and um, guarantee you, he ain't gonna play good Tuesday night. Mm, that's it. So, yo, 
Yo, James is smelling blood, so you guys better be careful. And then and then um Joel Embiid is playing with a chip on his shoulder, so I'm not so confident anymore. Like with Phoenix, Phoenix can just turn it up, right? Because Chris Paul have a, a, a different level that he can go to with his experience and stuff like that. But I'm I'm not sure about Miami anymore. I'm nervous. I had them, I was picking them to go to the finals, but I'm nervous with this one. Don't bite your fingernails, um, and they, and James. They, they, and they, and they, pissed, actually, they pissed Chris Paul off last night by, by harassing and his, his mom and wife. Oh, and yes. That so was a... Oh, he's yeah. Coming, he's coming back with, with blood. Vengeance. Yeah. Let's see. All right, Miami. Tuesday night. But, I'm putting uh, my money on you, but, you know, I'm watching. I don't cut you, James, but I don't I don't see... I'm not worried about... Um, I'm not worried about Philly. Yes. They have their big man back, but I'm not worried. I think Miami going to regroup, and they're going to come back. Um, there's no way Philly going to beat Miami. <laughs> we'll come again, Miami. All right, next story. Arrest warrant issued for former NFL player Earl Thomas. And this story comes to us courtesy of Ball Alert. An arrest warrant was issued at the end of April for former NFL star Earl Thomas in connection to threatening text messages to his estranged wife, Thomas, 33, is facing third-degree felony charges for violating the order of protection two or more times within a 12-month period. The former University of Texas star has not yet been booked for the charges. Fox News reports that the texts were sent to his estranged wife regarding seeing their children, but Thomas allegedly violated a protective order issued in May of 2021, and that order limited his contact with the woman to a co-parenting app. The woman told authorities that Thomas refused to download the app. In mid-April, he began sending threatening texts. He reportedly told the woman he obtained two handguns and hoped she and the kids drive off the road. He also threatened to let his mom and cousins poison their asses, referring to the children. His lawyer denies any wrongdoing. The messages were sent before Thomas notified ESPN reporter Adam Schefter about his desire to return to the NFL. Schefter sent out a tweet that the former player expressed a desire to return to the league. Thomas last played football back in 2019. He appeared in 15 games for the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, what, what, what's wrong with you? Come on, you can't be sending text messages like these. And if your means of um, communication is supposed to be done through a co-parenting app, Go through the app. Go through the app. What's the problem? And then you're going to say you're going to threaten to let your mom and your cousin poison the children? Got to be careful of things you write. Whether you're angry or just strung up, your emotions are so highly strung. I don't know. Got to be careful. Really. Is he a good player? I don't know. Who is he? What is he? What position does he play or used to play? He's a linebacker, but he's a future Hall of Famer based on his credentials. He's pretty damn good. So he's do you think this will affect his ability to become to get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, no, because the NFL does not have a good standing when it comes to uh, reprimanding, you know, d- domestic violence and, uh, and the sort. So they have a very poor reputation with that. So they have allowed some dubious characters into the Hall. Wow. Yet, to own the team, you can't ha- have a dubious character, right? You got to be squeaky clean to be able to own a team. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember we spoke about it last week, just last week, yeah. you know? Like, the, it's, 
it's it's ridiculous like you know like i would encourage like if if you know like other child like in sports i would not encourage them to 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 want to to go to because they, they have a they have a bad history like of you know you know compared to the nba and and other leagues it's almost like they see the players just as like like a dollar sign like they don't see them as human beings right and and even with all the the, the whole thing behind concussions and stuff like that they they like there's no care about these guys like these guys these guys struggle with with as much um um PTSD as as people like veterans coming back from war mm -hmm. you know like so it's i don't know it's yeah yeah all right let's see well coming up now it is caribbean corner Deaths of three Americans at Sandals Resort in the Bahamas are under investigation. Three Americans died of unknown causes Friday at a Sandals Resort on the Bahamas' Greater Exuma Island, said police, and they are investigating. Two men and a woman, and a woman, sorry, died at the resort, and a fourth American, a woman, was airlifted to a hospital in Nassau. Though police are investigating, Cooper has been advised that foul play is not suspected. No signs of trauma were found in the bodies, the Royal Bahamas Police Force said in a statement to CNN. Preliminary reports, preliminary reports indicate that the bodies were found unresponsive in two different locations. A man was found first in one villa with no signs of trauma and the couple in a second villa, police said in a statement that was issued on Saturday. The couple complained of illness the previous evening, according to the report. The officers found a Caucasian male slumped against a wall in a bathroom unresponsive. The woman was also unresponsive. Both individuals showed signs of convulsion. The officers examined the bodies and found no signs of trauma. The police will wait for an autopsy report to determine the exact cause of death, adding that for now, this matter remains under active investigation. Cooper did not name the resort, but Sandals Resort spokesperson Stacey Royal confirmed to CNN the death of the three guests at Sandals Emerald Bay Resort. Sandals Resort's operators of more than a dozen all-inclusive centers in the Atlantic and Caribbean did not mention a fourth hospitalized person. Details about what led to the deaths, why the fourth American was taken to the hospital, whether that person was at the resort, the condition of that person and the Americans' names were not released. A health emergency was initially reported, and following protocols, there was an immediate um, medical professional and relevant authorities on site. The company said it was working to support both the investigation as well as the guests' families in every possible way, but could not disclose further information out of respect for the privacy of our guests. Cooper asked the nation's health and wellness minister to lead a delegation of health, environment, and public works officials to the Exuma district on Friday. The public will be kept abreast of information as soon as it becomes available. Oh, this is a blow. Um, so unfortunate. 
it, I just saw something pop up. Let me see if I can jump over to it, courtesy of WSVN. Um, that there was some. I'm trying to. I know I saw it pop up in front of me. Let me see if I can find it. There's an updated story regarding the um the last person that is in the hospital. Okay, was my mind playing tricks on me? I know. Okay, an American woman stricken at a resort in the Bahamas is now hospitalized in Miami. And, yeah, that just came in. An American woman hospitalized Friday in the Bahamas where three other Americans died of unknown causes at a Sandals resort has since left the country and is now being treated at a hospital in Miami. The woman whose identity has not been released is in serious condition. She was initially airlifted to a hospital in Nassau. Authorities are still trying to figure out what caused the deaths of the three who died on Friday. And I'm scanning through here, so bear with me to see. Okay. Um, the officers were then directed to the second villa, finding the man. The woman was found in a bedroom. Okay, that's with the ones who have died. Okay, so we're still awaiting. Hopefully, they whatever tests they're able to run, they are able to tell us more, give us more information, because that just sounds weird. Um, three dead, no foul play in terms of no trauma, um, physical trauma. I'm, I'm really interested to know, is it poisoning? What happened in that case? Um, yeah, interesting story. We'll continue to follow up with that. In other news out of the Caribbean, Curacao invites vaxxed and unvaxxed um, Trinidad and Tobago travelers to come visit. Curacao's hospitality sector is now open to everyone from around the world, and the tourism board is seeking to woo adventure-hungry Trinidad and Tobago nationals back to the island. Last week, the Curacao Tourist Board hosted a series of customer engagement events across Trinidad where they invited locals, who may have only heard of the island's warmth, vibrant culture, and beauty to feel it for yourself. Okay, so Curacao is open. Beautiful island, I will say. Um, they're part of the Dutch Antilles, if I'm not mistaken. Netherlands, very beautiful. Pristine, clean, from what I saw. Okay. But why are they expressing... For now. For, for now, okay. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, all. Good morning, Javeth. So this is an interesting story. Jamaica stands to benefit from importing skilled labor, says the Prime Minister. Prime Minister Andrew Holness is defending his suggestion that it might be necessary to import skilled workers to Jamaica and has declared that the island's economy could benefit from such a move. There have been mixed reactions since Holness put the country on notice last month that such a shortage of skilled labor, especially in the construction sector, is looming locally. Why are we having a, a, a shortage of skilled labor when there are so many young men sitting on roadsides um, just rubbing their, their palms, rolling weed? Why can't they? Why not offer them jobs? So the same thing when we see him talk about it. You know, I, I, come here and say, oh, the brother, yeah. yo, the same money where in pumping off it, invite the, the, them, them people, the, the royal family or whatever they want to name, 
to Jamaica. Oh, how much them say spend? What, uh, eight million? Eight mil uh, yeah, eight million. But you still, they be want borrow money for bring in the Jamaicans them from Ukraine. But you could have used the five eight million for, for people for come walk around and wave and kickball or whatever it is. So me I say, brother, plus the money we have to talk about you spend for import workers. Yo. Why not? Couple of them, um, oh, cha -cha. Yeah, you know? Go ahead, go ahead, go uh, ahead. Yeah, why not use the money we use to import these workers and come up with some kind of uh, program where going to Okay, we're losing Island or put out whatever it is. What about them calling? Oh, man. Yeah. I think what Afo is trying to say is the money could be best used in other ways to fund training programs. Come on. Stakeholders have been questioning whether there is actually a labor shortage locally or and whether the situation is dire enough to warrant the importation of skilled labor. But speaking at a function on Thursday, Holness suggested that there are economic benefits to be deprived from importing skilled labor. It doesn't matter where they, the skilled workers, come from. If they come here to work, the income that they work is going to stay here. They might send back 20%, but 80% stays here in Jamaica, he reasoned. For several decades, according to Holness, the country has been exporting its labor. Well, we've been exporting the labor because you're not making it feasible for people to want to stay there, right? Come on. Almost 25,000 Jamaicans leave every year. They send back 20% of their earned income. Where does the 80% stay? Whose economy have they been building, he questioned. If we're going to be rapidly um building our economy we need to create the infrastructure the regulatory environment and the safety and security of our own people can get employed um here's the problem we are complaining about crime in jamaica we're talking we complain about the young people uh getting themselves caught up in a life of crime here is an opportunity to take said young people, and let's look at construction. That's on-the-job training. You're learning while you're working, while you're earning. That's how a lot of people learn trades, right? A lot of mechanics in Jamaica, some of the best mechanics in Jamaica, they were what you call printers, apprentices. They go to an, through an apprentice program. Plumbers, electricians. So you're telling me that you have to import people to move blocks, to mix cement. Huh? You're telling me you have to import people to do all of that? This is all that one of those. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, no, no, because I, I was going to say, like, um, you know, nine out of every 10 people that leave the Caribbean and come to Canada, because Canada has a skill worker program that um, if you are, a, a, you know, have any of the skills that the country really need, um, they, they enable, like, like you, you can apply for yourself for um, permanent resident and citizenship after, as long as you have the qualification. And nine out of 10 that leave the Caribbean are from Jamaica. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I think for, for, for decades now, like, you know, PMP, both PMP and GLP, they, they, they find themselves in Atlanta, they find themselves in New York, Miami, 
um, Toronto, London, whenever they are they need something from the diaspora. But I believe that like some of the advisors that that they have should be from the diaspora, because you know like a lot of people leave Jamaica because of the lack of opportunity. People still love their country. They want to go back and they want to contribute. And people leave Jamaica with certain skills. They go to other countries and they, they double up on, on those skills and expertise that could benefit the country. And I feel like if the government is not using, like reaching out to people to, to be advisors, because like, for example, in, 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 in Toronto, um, they have some of the biggest construction companies in the world here. And the government engage with those companies and the government will will kind of um, reach some, some type of agreement. We will give you discounted lands. We will pay you money to employ people, young people from certain marginalized community. And I believe that in Jamaica, like, for example, if they're building hotels and stuff like that, the government need to negotiate and say, even if we're going to pay um, 35%, of these young men in the in in, in 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 certain areas that are scamming or just you know like smoking weed and doing nothing we're going to pay 35 percent of their wage just employ these young men and give them opportunity and so they can develop skills on the job yeah that, that's ridiculous it's, it's almost it, it, it's almost like like you know like a land that have sand and you're importing sand from somewhere <laughs> you can have a lot of people like it's it's it makes no sense. I really thought James. Yeah. Um sorry, go ahead. I think Jay the one talk to I'll talk after. Um I just saying this just sound like one of those um backdoor deals that <laughs> he, went he, he went overseas and yeah. um strike up with one uh, uh, another country. Um you, you're not gonna see this these workers coming from a particular area, <laughs> right? It's not going to be like Canada that needs <laughs> skilled workers and anyone can apply. You're going to see their start come yep. from, uh, don't want to China, but just say Sri Lanka or whatever. It just sound like one of those backdoor deals. Um, Come on now. Brain drain been killing Jamaica since the 70s. You trying to get all these workers in to do what? The thing is just build up our infrastructure, yes. And we can have investors come in and, 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 and these things and build our infrastructures and train our people. I don't see how this train our people and, and, and provide more jobs for our people to stay in Jamaica because the people is not trained. I'm staying in Jamaica because there's no opportunity. There's no opportunity. Everybody have to move away. The nurse, them have to move away. The doctors, them have to move away. The lawyers, them have to move away. Um, God bless if you can get a job in Jamaica as an accountant. There's like a million of them all over. Like, we just need more opportunities. And he should focus more on getting people, solve the crime problem, and get people to come in and build up the place and provide jobs for our skilled people, bringing in skilled workers to do what? To move blocks? Come well, on. Listen, we, to we, listen to this. We'll move blocks. We'll we, we construct things. Listen, listen we'll to this, Dre. Construction. Come, come on. Let man. me read this part for you. About the deal. Let me read this part for you. So, Holness reiterated on Thursday that young persons, especially those being recruited by gangs, will be targeted for, me for remediation in order to get them trainable for employment. Right? Okay, so I understand you have the Heart program, and, and he has called on Heart to um, get ready to train more people. 
Everybody doesn't have to go through the doors of Heart Academy. Trust me. You can take a man under your wings and say, come, let's go. Get up off the wall. Let us go. And we are going to go through an on-the-job training. That initiative has to be done because the Jamaican society cannot escape that. Because for decades, we have allowed our young people to leave high school and end up in the pangs of gangs and create a social crisis for us. We, you, we, okay. <laughs> Hold on, let me just finish reading this. We see our economy taking off. We need them and we know we need those who are now in the gangs to leave the gangs and join the labor force we will train you okay but why so you're saying that we want you to leave the gangs and we will train you here's my question o'neill and then i'll allow you to go here's my question the labor you're going to import i guarantee you you're gonna have to pay them more than what you would pay your your, your residents right are you then willing to up the income to make it attractive for these young people to walk away from the gangs right this just as it's going to be attractive to entice overseas people to come and work that's my question uh, that's the problem them they, they not I give the people enough money you see me why well, think nurses them left and them and the first them do oh a, a farm me i go work more money you know more money me, 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 me used to work as a security upon the nursing faculty a utec you see me, I say, and the nurses them talk it all the time. As soon as my graduate, I fired my gun. As soon as my graduate, I fired my gun. Oh, my done have this lineup already, you know. So I said, as soon as I get this, I straight overseas my gun. Because the pay no worth it. Then I walk and I see one nice look at one, look at BMW. Oh, that's one of them big top um, 20, uh, 2020 BMW or whatever it is. And, she, and the girl, you point out, she said, oh, a foreign alone can afford that. My nursing money can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even the, the youth where have almost subjects and him and him and him he, he, me, for them, nobody remember the video when all day and have all these subjects and my reason with some of the man them and two tools police kill him at gas station because he must say, Oh, he have all these subjects and him now go go work for, for whatever money them up here. You know what I mean? What's a two thousand dollar day or something like so and so so, if I go dig the money a different way, because I have too much subjects for I go do that. You know what I mean? So, but that, me, if, if you think I am stupid still, you get me? Because I have a crowd. However, yo, make the, the peer more enticing. Because as well as the moment, you might bring in these people. You think nobody left all these other countries just for I get scraps? Mm. I better them still in them country. So, you might go have to raise the pay. So, why not raise it for your own citizens, brother? Exactly. That's that the make no sense for you, though. I go spend almost millions of dollars to import people and do all sorts of other unnecessary things when you can invest the money in there. Do one of them island wide recruiting and thing the way you people who are left school or who drop out of school, all them something there. I want them to show some documentary thing or well, I could use thing uh, with, 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 with um, the Westmoreland. The people must say, yo, the youth them not have no work. So the fastest way to get money are the chopper life, scamming. You have school kids, when they talk about the whole gathering situation, school kids, I say, oh, they talk to one of the local school youth, they must say, right now, I scam the thing there, you know. I scam the thing there. You see me, when I come back on the school, because right now I can't do things for my parents. 
You know what I mean? Where we could have never do or what they couldn't do for me. So this is it. Brother, I, I just money the people. I, people them want. I think me? they're out of touch, Alpha. But I know somebody else wanted to make a comment. Um, oh, sorry for cutting off, O'Neill. I think of you, but sorry for cutting off. Yeah, go right ahead, O'Neill. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, most of the points were made. I mean, number one is livable wages. Um, number two um, is to end educational discrimination. So when I say that, I mean, we're not teaching woodwork. Um, mechanic, electrical engineering, and all those stuff in schools, in high schools anymore. There are a few technical high schools that exist on the island when there used to be a lot. These are the programs that the government to put money into education. Stop steal the money from the educational system, the billions that you have been stolen over the last, last couple of years. Put money into education, start to train the kids, give them opportunities. So if you, whether you're ag academically inclined or not, these kids, children should be learning skills yep. in schools yeah. from grade 7, at least high school level. That's one. Two, um, this whole thing of importing workers is crap. Um, yeah, Ron Reed or some camera talk or more talk. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the reality is, <laughs> the reality, the reality is, what we're going to see is an influx of Chinese and Indian. The Indian president is visiting Jamaica in a couple of days mm -hmm. what we are going to see is the same system that we had back way back in the day of indentured servants kind of scenario where we're going to see an influx of chinese and indians coming into the country to do the work that we have able-bodied young black men can do um and so i said livable wages start to train these kids from age 10 12 when once they get to high school to end Educational discrimination, where if you you, you can you're only somebody if you go to Campion or JC or KC or Woolmers, that needs to stop. That needs to end. Um, a whole re-educational system around that. And then the last thing I'd like to say is um, this whole conversation of people leaving the country is because there's no quality of life standard you can't you have the national housing trust that has enough money to build houses so what you need to say to these gang members here we're going to retrain you we're going to retool you and we're going to once you come into the program we give you a fast track to own a house because nhd have enough money make it which is right which is right house for every one of these individuals if, if it's not for you it's for your mother it's for our family you know it's a woolly thing still, and I'm going to just end right there. But you have, yes. Andrew Olness just is showing how angry and holy his brain is. <laughs> He's kind of out of touch, and I think the, 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 they're all out of touch. Do Are they talking to their helpers? You want to know what's going on on the ground? Talk to your helpers. Talk to your gardeners. Talk to them. They will tell you what's going on. Yeah, they will let you know how it really is. I think there is um, a disconnect, a huge disconnect. And how can any government sit down and say, you know something, we're going to roll out, and I'm just throwing an arbitrary figure out there, we're going to roll out 10 million US dollars to import labor, but we only have 5 million to pay local, the local, local workforce. Does that really make sense? 
What are you telling your people? Right there, you're <laughs> telling your people, I don't really care about you. Or guess what you're telling them too? You're not good enough. And the moment, just to say this, I recently found out that Skilly Bang has nine CXC. Oh, you just found it out? Yeah, I'm I was watching. In, in my poor English, I've been known that. Right. <laughs> but I say this to say, I say this to say, our youth is not dunce them dunce, is not because they are not academically inclined or they can't matriculate. It's because there's no opportunity, because there's no guidance, and the government should stop blame bad workmen blame them tools. Stop blaming your people and put policy and structures in place to elevate them out of poverty. Yeah. All right. So moving on, National Hurricane Center monitors first tropical wave of the season off the African coast. I just sincerely hope the Sahara um, dust can help us out again this year. The U.S. National Hurricane Center said it's noted the first tropical wave of this year's Atlantic hurricane season, which officially begins June the 1st. In an update today, the NHC said the system was noted off the west coast of the African continent. Yep, folks, it's getting ready to be a busy season. So between now and November 30, let's see how many of them will actually come to the, what you call it, full-blown hurricane status. We're hoping that they will come and just head north, you know, just turn and go north. Um, Lord knows Haiti can't take anymore. The Bahamas can't take anymore. Puerto Rico can't take anymore. Um, the Eastern Caribbean can't take anymore. We just can't. We just cannot. We need some kind of reprieve. So for our story out of Latin America, this is so sad. Havana Hotel death toll at 31 as dogs continue to search for survivors. And uh, this story comes to us courtesy of the Associated Press from their correspondent in Havana. The death toll of a powerful explosion at a luxury hotel in Cuba's capital increased to 31 Sunday evening as search crews with dogs hunted through the rubble of the iconic 19th century building looking for people still missing. The Hotel Saratoga, a five-star 96-room hotel in Old Havana, was preparing to reopen after being closed for two years when an apparent gas leak ignited, blowing the outer walls into the busy mid-morning streets just a block from the country's capital building on Friday. Several nearby structures were also damaged, including the historic Market Theater and the Calvary Baptist Church headquarters for the denomination in western Cuba. In releasing the names of those who were killed, the health ministry said the dead included four minors, a pregnant woman, and a Spanish tourist whose companion was seriously injured. The ministry also said 54 people were injured with 24 hospitalized. It previously reported 85 injured, but that tally turned out to include those killed by the explosion. 19 families had reported people missing as of Saturday evening, but authorities did not say Sunday whether the number had changed. Authorities said the cause of the explosion at the hotel owned by Grupo de Turismo Gaviota in South America was still under investigation. But it is believed to have been caused by a gas leak. That is so, so unfortunate. And here is what we need to be looking out for. 
DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And tune in to Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, inside the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And you can catch Naturalist on Clubhouse in the QMZ Radio Club. It's music, news, and Naturalist's views. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's real relationship talk. Join Moments and Natural Solo and Marlin at 10 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse and tune in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Join us tonight as we talk about Kama Sutra, the art of making love. Tomorrow, Rosolo speaks with Janice Laws Robinson, candidate for Georgia Insurance and the Safety Fire Commissioner. This conversation takes place on The Rosolo Show, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse in The Rosolo Show Club. Tune in to Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern and Freestyle Saturday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Mix Master Kevon on JanoRadio.com. And then Saturdays, it is all about Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple. That's every Saturday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And on a Sunday, he returns for Big People Sunday. Coming up after the music break, we have Believe It or Not news as well as entertainment news. But for now, here is Kimmy Fabulous and Team Fox with Soka Trend. I see a new trend in soccer. This is a new trend in soccer. Kill a tell them lift something up. Problem says nasty up. No, the whole party start piling up. Everybody want to bang. Mash up, mash something up. Mash up, mash something up. Mash up, mash something up. Is that the first gun? Mash up, mash something up. Mash up, mash something up. Mash up, mash something up. Look at craziness. Look at craziness. Craziness. Craziness, how to deal with this craziness? If it's gone, man. craziness, look at craziness, craziness, plenty stupidness, craziness, how to deal with this craziness? Lord, Zig tell you to wet it up, and he make the fatty rub. It's a bunch and say do something crazy, them can't get enough. But I want to set it up, break a bunch and break it up. Every time, man, shall just his Everybody want to bang, mash up, mash something up, mash up, mash something up, mash up, mash something up. Is that the first gun?
to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Welcome to Coffee Until World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Okay, I'm going to have to probably not do soca anymore on a Monday because I can't be dancing and getting out of breath. So forgive me. I apologize. Now it is time for Believe It or Not stories. Now, let me tell you something. Hmm. There is a cell with my name written somewhere on it, right? Mother hits boyfriend with car after finding him naked in bed with her seven-year-old daughter. The story comes to us courtesy of Baller Alert. A mother took matters into her own hands when she found her boyfriend naked in bed with her child. This jaw-dropping incident took place on August 8, 2021 in Lubbock, Texas. Around 1 a.m., the unidentified woman phoned 911 to report that she had discovered her boyfriend, 29-year-old Delmar Orlando Ortiz Lucona, in bed with her young child. I just found my man who lives with me naked in the bed with my daughter, she yelled to the dispatcher. On the 911 call, the woman continuously screams at the man, demanding answers as he flees the scene. When the dispatcher questions if the man was her boyfriend, the distraught woman replies, he's supposed to be, but you better hurry up or I'm going to kill him. And she said that twice. The mother is then heard telling her daughter to get into the car and she proceeds to follow Licona. Then a loud thud is heard, followed by the child screaming and crying. She admitted that she'd hit the man with her vehicle and then comforted her panicked daughter, telling the girl, you should not have to go through that situation. The woman also presses Lycona for answers as to why he assaulted her child. The investigation moved slowly. In March, investigators forensically interviewed the child who gave specific details about the sexual assault. Lacona continuously skipped police meetings. Finally, a warrant was issued for his arrest, and he was taken into custody on May 3rd. He is being held in the Lubbock County Detention Center without bond for an immigration customs enforcement detainer. Okay, what do you mean the, 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 the um, I can't even talk right now, got me stuttering and all. What do you mean that it is being dragged out, moving slowly? Let me tell you something. Macha, he dead. Sorry, I'm done. No need to waste time talking to an immigration customs enforcement detainer. No, no need for all of that. He dead. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for my thoughts. That is, wow. First of all, if um, hmm. I wouldn't have time to call the no nine one one, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Some things I'm willing to go to jail for. This is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Oh gosh, Lord, forgive me. <sighs> and this is sound like it's something is probably have done before. I'm she sure just, it has. 
you know, he's probably done it many a times before, and she just happened to caught him. Yeah. Now, and... Brazen! What do you do with people like him? Really? Why are we wasting time? And I don't get it. The investigation moves slowly. You interview the child. The child was able to give you specific details. The woman catches the man naked in the bed with her child. One o'clock in the morning. You're right, Marlon. This is something he's done before. When everybody's sleeping, he creeps. But I can't say what I really want to say. Right? Can't say what I really want to say. <laughs> Ooh, he lived to see another day. He wouldn't be so lucky with me. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. A Detroit man arrested after allegedly operating a marijuana vending machine outside his home. He was making $2,000 a day. A Detroit man was recently arrested after police found 18 guns inside a home where a marijuana vending machine was operating outside. Marcellus Cornwell allegedly operated the machine outside his home for over four years sold marijuana okay i need my calculator here oh, hold up folks i need my calculator because this is some serious math i need to work out so he made um how many days in a year 365 365 times 2000 uh-huh so in one year he made 730,000 gross and he was doing that for four years okay hold on times four 2.9 million dollars he wasn't paying his taxes. That's, That's the problem. <laughs> you know, because he wasn't paying no taxes. You know, when you don't pay your taxes on certain things, they, they come and get you. I <sighs> need their peace too. Marcellus. Four years he's been doing this in front of his house. He probably, and really and truly though, Shelly, he probably tried to get a storefront. And You think it, so? Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. And it died him so he went the next best way, bought a, a dispense machine and set it up in front of his house. I and, would um, give him a store at this point. I'd be like, you know something, just pay some taxes and get a storefront. Go do your thing, bro. You ain't killing no... Well, you know, the problem here, though, I think it's the guns. Let's hope these guns are not illegal. So let me read the rest of the story. During February and March 2022, agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives ATF conducted surveillance at the residence and engaged in two controlled suspected marijuana purchases from the marijuana vending machine. In March, they executed a search warrant at the residence and arrested Cornwell and another individual. They discovered 18 weapons, dozens of rounds of ammo, and several kilograms of marijuana during the search. Cornwell has a history of criminal offenses dating back to 1997, according to various reports. Some of the guns found during the search were discovered to be stolen. That's where the problem comes in. Cornwall admitted to investigators that the marijuana vending machine was his primary source of income. So, clearly, he's not able to get a job, right, because of his rap sheet. He has to live some way, right? So, he's like, you know, something, put up a vending machine and sell marijuana. I don't see anything wrong with that hustle. The problem, though, is the guns and the ammo. That's where the problem lies. You shouldn't have those there, Cornwell. No, no, no. Shouldn't have. 
I respect your hustle though. So that's a 24 hour business, right? The vending machine. He wouldn't have got it legalized probably because of his criminal record. I don't know. And you see, a lot of times we hold things over people's heads and force them into doing things that they really don't want to do. I'm not saying every criminal, criminal didn't want to be a criminal. I'm not saying that. But I do believe a lot of times people want to, you know, make a change and it's hard. It's made hard for them. So they try to make a way. I don't know. I want to know why the machine was in the front of his house and not on the side or in the backyard or. Because you know what? Was it on the porch? <laughs> Probably because you, you pull up and people pull up all hours of the night. He doesn't have to talk to them. He doesn't have to see them. You know, they pull up, they get their weed and keep it moving. He's stupid. I mean, it worked for four years. That mean, uh, he, whatever he did, he did it. He did it good, man. They, it was just his time. Yeah, two point nine. to pay gross. some tax, man. Taxes. I guarantee you, if he were paying taxes, he wouldn't have a problem. How much is he supposed? What bracket does he fall into? <laughs> Seven hundred thirty thousand a year. Yeah. Everything is good enough until they realize you're not paying taxes. That's when it becomes a problem. So, in Germany, an unnamed woman has been arrested after she secretly poked holes in her lover's condom in an attempt to get pregnant. Judge Astrid Selewski said to the court, We have written legal history here today. Since 2021, the offender had been in a friends with benefits relationship with a victim and they would meet up for sex regularly her lover on the other hand preferred their informal arrangement and did not share her desire for a deeper bond that's when she made the decision to poke holes in her partner's condoms without his knowledge or consent according to dw the woman never got pregnant but admitted in a whatsapp conversation to tampering with his condoms when the woman's husband pressed charges she confessed to stealthing in court uh, <laughs> husband. she got a husband wow <laughs> but the husband i'm gonna say something they need to come up with a pregnancy test which shows the father's face <laughs> oh so she has her husband i don't know if the situation the husband can't impregnate her so she wants the lover to impregnate her but it's just friends with benefits come on he doesn't that's devious don't do this woman don't do this and a lot of men unfortunately have been put it in this put in this predicament and are forced to accept responsibility for raising the child and it's not fair to them they, they, he did his part he protected himself he's wearing a condom and she poked holes into it wow. yeah but women who do those things don't deserve a penny from the man they need to go on and carry on and raise that child by themselves but i feel in this situation though that um 
she was trying to get pregnant because her husband couldn't get her pregnant. This is my feeling. It sounds like that. It's a possibility. They, it sounds like that. So, <laughs> of course, when the, when the woman's husband pressed charges, despite recognizing that she had committed a crime, the judges were initially undecided about the charges they should bring against her due to lack of precedence. After reviewing the crime of stealthing in a legal document, lawmakers changed the charge from rape to sexual assault. While men frequently commit the offense, Judge Saluski reasoned that the provision also applies in the reverse case. The condoms were rendered unusable without the man's knowledge or his consent. Good. I got a question. Yeah. Uh, why didn't she go to the like, the story you read last week with a guy who just getting <laughs> pregnant for free? No, why she, she don't want that. She wanted with this guy because he's friends with benefits. Clearly, he probably has some features that she wouldn't mind her child having. Okay. We definitely need a pregnancy test with a face on it then. <laughs> A St. Louis corrections officer and an inmate have been charged after authorities allege the corrections officer brought fentanyl into the medium security institution at least twice last fall. This led to two non-fatal overdoses at the institution. The corrections officer, Joesha Kofa, and inmate Anthony Chapman faced delivery or possession of a controlled substance at a jail and drug trafficking charges. Judge David Reuther ordered Kofa to be held without bond, adding that she is a danger to the crime victim, the community, or another person. Police used text messages between Kofa and Chapman to prove Kofa brought fentanyl to Chapman back in October of 2021. Chapman was not supposed to have a cell phone while behind bars. Well, a lot of them do. Surveillance footage also shows Kofer interacting with an individual inside a car in the parking lot at the institution and then going to Chapman's cell with several items. Okay, these, <laughs> these correction officers, they get them out of the dumb pot, the dumb pool. What pool do they get them out of? You have them running off with felons. You have them supplying drugs, which we know is nothing new. Come on. Really? Chapman is being held at the jail on 13 charges surrounding a shooting back on May 18, 2021. They found, searched his cell and found 33 fentanyl pills brought to him by Koffer. Koffer, now you cuffed. There you go. I remember we said, I think months ago, um, I know this a long time, but months ago, I think you read a story and um, the system is the biggest drug dealers. Yep. People who work correction office and police officers, they are the biggest hustlers out there. You just don't know it. Yep. You know, especially the jail. The jail. Wow. You'd be, you'd be surprised what kind of drug you could get in that jail. Yeah. In Green Bay was great. Sorry, go ahead, Apple. No, I mean, I said, uh, agreed. You know, same with the, 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 with the money with them fine, the mobile side, the St. James. You know, first, they come up with a number, because they say they want to count, and that they reach, and it might be more than that. 
Agreed. Afo, you need to get out of the desert or them back roads. See Oh, it's Chanjo Star. <laughs> You're in them back roads, them back roads. Killing us. You're in Texas. Yeah. So, you know, a dog was found abandoned and tied to a fire hydrant in Green Bay, prompting the Wisconsin Humane Society to remind everyone it will never turn away an animal in need. A post from the WHS says the dog had a note with her explaining the owners could not take care of her anymore. The dog named Baby Girl was left with a bag filled with dog food, treats, and toys. Baby Girl is now being cared for at the WHS and she's doing great. So if anybody wants to go and get Baby Girl, she's up in Green Bay, Wisconsin at the Humane Society. Good looking dog too. Well taken care of. They just couldn't do it anymore. Coming up after the music break, we have entertainment news. Here is Denisa Saucy Bell Fun with Whining Queen.
and queen and the soaker. They come me so since I'm small. Nobody can call me no joker. Eyes boss. You feel you could come and test me. Believe I still am a game. I'm ready to teach you a lesson. Try me now. They call me the whining specialist. I show how to dip and bubble it. Take the cup your waist and juggle it. Juggle it. Boy, I have the wine and template. Come over here, let me show it. Show you what they just want me to do. They want me to roll it slow, roll it slow. Oh 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 oh. Bend over and roll it slow, roll it slow. Oh 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 oh. So hold me bumper and take me down, take me down, take me down. Hold the bumper and take me down, take me down. Good morning to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone who's joined me here on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. Welcome to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. And it is time for entertainment news. Doctor Strange conjures big box office opening for Marvel Studios. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, made an estimated $185 million domestically for its opening this weekend, according to Disney. Disney, And yes, I contributed to that money. I didn't go, but son number three went. Yeah. Took, so I have to, I, <laughs> I'm putting his business out there. Um, so Marlon teases me all the time about my height, right? Tells me I need a booster seat and um, yada, yada, yada. You, you heard me talk about how he and Rosola laugh at me because when I sit on the sofa, my feet swing. Yada, 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 yada. I felt good, though. Saturday when we went to pick him up from his friends, the girl he's talking to, not really, but talking to. She's 4'11". He's 6'5". What, wh- why are um, short people attracted to tall people? What's the attraction? Opposite yeah, attracts, man. Most of the world is taller than you already. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what it is. Do you, and then tall people. Okay, let me ask you, Marlon. Why is it that? No, let me rephrase that. Would you talk to somebody who is the same height as you, Marlon? Six feet. Would you? You ain't even got answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wasn't close to my phone. What you say? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying, would you talk to somebody who is your height? Nope. Why not? Because I like to look down at females. Oh, so you like looking down on me. Okay. All right. Gives you what? How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? I, I need to dig into this. How does it make you feel? Feel like I got power. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> but listen, you know what they say about us short people, right? Look about them tallower. <laughs> All right, that's all. Nah, it's just, it's just, it's just <sighs> what I like and what I attracted to. So, um, nothing to do with power or anything. It's just what I like. So, yeah. So, I'm here laughing, but um, son number two, his his girlfriend is for about four eleven too. She's shorter than me, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel good because I'm the shortest one in the house. So I feel good when I see these short people, short people shorter than me walking around the house. I'm like, yes, I'm tall after all. But yeah. How tall are your moments? I am five, two and a half. And yes, you got to tack that half onto it. Mm -hmm. I'm five, two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, half, take the half away. Oh, oh, so you have a wife, I see him height then. Yeah. Oh, guess what? We came to perfection before the rest of y'all. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Marlon. Here, Miss Midget. <laughs> Whatever. Call me Judge what you up. want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they say best things come in small packages. That part. Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually, because yeah. I'm not all that tall either. I, I'm what, five, what, five, six or something like that? I don't know. I think I'm five, you six. You look tall in pictures, though, um, Afo. Yeah, but we also the same thing about you, too. Because that that photo that you that photo that you um took with um doubles that that some link up thing. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I had on heels in that. I had on. Um, heels. I was like, oh, moments of tall, you man. Yeah, I had on <laughs> heels. So I'm always happy that you're well tall. No man, I had on heels. I had on. I think they were like what some four inch platform heels, something like that. Yeah. So I had on. Heels. Oh, oh, okay. But <laughs> well, apart from that, I don't really care about the height. As long as I look good, that's all I care about. You know what I mean? So I'm not care about the height thing. I've dated women with, you know what I mean, like well tall. I'm gonna look up on them. I'm gonna walk with that proud in the streets. You know what I mean? You know, certain things don't bother me like for real talk. Like I'm not care how much a woman make. Like you should make a woolly for money more than that. I'm gonna care about that. You know what I mean? I'm not care if a woman taller than me. I'm gonna feel no type of way. You know? Cause yeah, small ox cut down big tree. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, we got you brave and confident, number thing. Of you know? course. Yeah, I wish you could teach other men yeah. to do that. Uh, for teach other, there are a lot of men who can't, who don't do that. And I say, you, we have no control over how we're made, right? So, we um, embrace who we are. Are there times when I wish I was taller? I'm not going to lie. Yes. I'm tired of climbing up, especially when nobody's around. Um, I have to climb up to get to certain things. Yeah, I do wish I was taller in some instances. For example, some some um, outfits, even though they're made for petite, the petite is still a little too long for me. And, you know, yeah, so I get it. Um, but you have to embrace who you are, embrace how you're made, and hold your head up and walk with confidence. Just the same, right? 
nothing we can do about that you know so a driver this is our last story um a driver who fatally struck rapper Nicki minaj's father pleads guilty and will serve no more than one year the judge says now this is disturbing for me charles polvik he's 71 years old on friday he admitted to leaving the scene of the february 2021 accident that fatally injured robert mirage not only that he tampered with evidence right nassau county judge howard Sturm committed polvik to no more than one year in jail with community service and license suspension polvik is due back in court august 3 for official sentencing but here is what he did um Mr. Polvik is extremely remorseful for any role he may have played in Mr. Mirage's death. There are no allegations of substance abuse or abuse as causative of his conduct and his or belief that a medical heart issue contributed to his conduct. So why did it take him so long to step forward if it was a medical heart issue? Right. But guess what? He struck Mirage and left the scene. He did not stay. They had to use security um, footage to track him down. He hid his white Volvo station wagon in an attempt to hide it from the police. And all of that, because if you have a medical heart issue and you hit somebody, stop what you're running for. If you have a medical heart issue, it took you one year to step, come forward and say, I did it. I had a medical heart issue. And then the judge gives him one year. One year. For vehicular homicide, if you ask me. What, is it because he's only 71 years old that he only gets a year? You, you Look at how many things are strikes there are. You hit, it's a hit and run. You hide the vehicle. Not only do you hide the vehicle, you know what? Um, I'm glad he came forward. I must say that, you know, so at least we got that going on. Generate. But ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Three hours real quick. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online twenty four seven. We 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 hope you enjoyed the show. Bye bye. Don't forget five p.m. Eastern this afternoon. DJ Naturalist with Naturalist Live, and that happens on QMZRadio.com as well as on Clubhouse and the QMZ Radio Club. And then tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, tune into Days After Dark. It's Real Relationship Talk with Moments, Sanat, Rosolo, and Marlon. Tonight, we're talking about Kama Sutra, the art of lovemaking. Thank you all for joining me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. I do appreciate you. And thank you to all the listeners that tuned in on QMZRadio.com and johnoradio.com this was coffee in tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views always great conversation shared views varying opinions and interesting perspectives enjoy the rest of your day folks whatever you do wherever you go please be safe 
See you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern. Take care of yourselves for our